Ephesians 2, 1, we'll be there in just a moment. <clears throat> you know, we're going to be talking about fruit, growing fruit in our lives. And uh, about three weeks ago, you know, I had this cheap, poor image of a tree that I bought at a rummy sale. Do you remember that? That I'd bought at a rummy sale and had a branch that was broken off of it. And I separated that branch from the tree. And the tree represented the vine, which is Jesus Christ. You know, and we talked about, is there any way that this broken branch could produce fruit separated from the tree or separated from the vine? And of course, we know that there's not. It has the branch that was separated has no way of getting nourishment, no way of getting moisture, water. There's just no way that it could produce. And, and of course, the same is true with us. If we try to produce fruit on our own, it will make us frustrated and miserable. And I'll tell you, a lot of times, I, you know, uh, I, I've often said the most miserable people in the world are believers that try to have one foot in church and one foot in the world riding that fence, and there's no more uncomfortable place than sitting on top of a fence. That's right. It's true. Who am I going to preach to this morning? Somebody. So anyway, so, but, but see, here, here's what I've found out about this Christian walk. You cannot do it on your own, but if you're hooked up to the vine, it's enjoyable. And it's almost easy if we're hooked up to the vine. Because the vine is where we get our strength from. It's where we get our nutrients from. It's where we get our faith from. It's where we get our promises from. Right? The promises of God, I tell you, they change a burden into a, into a blessing if we only know the promises. I'll never forget. Uh, I should have mentioned it when we, was, when we was taking up our offering. Monty Dash, many of you know, he's went on to be at the Lord now. But when he first got saved and first learned about tithing, you know, he, uh, he went up to confront the preacher. And the preacher probably thought, oh boy, here I'm going to get in trouble for wanting his money. But, uh, but Monty was telling me, he said, oh, no. He said, the devil used to take all I had, and God only wants 10%. <laughs> yeah. How many of you know the devil wants all you got? And then after he takes all you got, he'd really like for you to go to the bank and borrow some more, and he'd like to have that too. That's right. But God only wants 10%. And with that comes mighty blessings. This morning, who do you think you are? You ever had anybody ask you that with an attitude? Who do you think you are? Well, that's what I want to talk about this morning. Who do you think you are? You know, a child of God. That's good. Hold that thought. We might, we'll, we'll get there. You know, being children of God, we should produce a certain type of fruit, right? Absolutely. Not because we're special other than being a children of God, but we should produce a certain type of fruit just because we are children of God. Just because we've been washed in the blood, just because we've got the power of the Holy Ghost inside of us, just because we have promises that God made to the children of Israel and to the Gentiles, which is who we are, we have promises, and because of that, we should produce a certain type of fruit. Now, it amazes me how an apple tree knows what to produce. You don't have to tell an apple tree. Now, now, apple tree, you better not be producing no oranges, 
right? You don't have to tell them that. Or an orange tree. You don't have to tell an orange tree, you better, I better see no bananas on you today. You don't have to do that. No, an apple tree knows what it's supposed to produce. And an orange tree knows what it's supposed to produce. And so, so basically, you know, if, uh, you know, if we as believers, now here's some red flags. And I've said this before, if, if we as believers, after we got saved, if we're still watching the same TV shows now as before we got saved, there's something wrong, okay? If you're still using the same vocabulary now as before you got saved, there's something wrong. And maybe even if you're still hanging with the same friends, then now before you got saved, there's probably something wrong. Because see, we're not the same on the inside. But I truly believe that as a whole, this is one of, the, one of the great problems in the church across America is sometimes we don't know who we are. We still see ourselves as, as that old sinner, as, as that old person that disappointed mom and dad and disappointed God and maybe disappointed your family. But see, according to Scripture, if you're a born-again child of God, that's not who you are anymore. You are no longer a disappointment. You are no longer a failure. You are a child of God, and God's just looking at you, just waiting to see how great he's able to use you. Just looking at you, just waiting, say, come on up. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's true. So the question is, who do you think you are? Do you, do you still see yourself as, a, as beating down and, and disappointing God and making all those mistakes like you did in high school? Is that how you see yourself? That's not how God sees you. Ephesians 2.1, I want you to notice this. Many of us still believe we're still here in Ephesians 2.1. Let me read it. And it says that you were dead in your trespasses and sin in which you formerly walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. And then it goes on to say, and you too, this is written to the church at Ephesus. It goes on to say, and, and you too walked in disobedience. And of course, we all did walk in disobedience at one time or another before we knew Christ. We walked in disobedience. And that's why everybody needs a Savior. I don't care what your last name is or who you are. You need a Savior. So, so the Scripture tells us that we were dead. In Ephesians 2.1, it says that we were dead to our sins. But how many of you know we're alive now? Yeah. I'm not dead no more. Are you dead? Well, raise your hand. Shout to God. Hey, hey, man. I tell you, that was good. You know why we can shout to God? Because we're not dead no more. We are alive in Christ. Amen. We've got an inheritance. We've got things to do. we got people to see saved. we got camps to build. we got camps to go to. We've got a word that the world needs. 
And it's all stored up and built up inside of us. And God's saying, come on, let me have that. Come on, get that word out outside of you. Come on, share with your friends. Come on, invite them and preach to them and talk to them. Whatever you can do to bring that word out of you. That's what God's wanting to do. Drop down to verse 12 in Ephesians 2.12. And once again, it talks about us formerly. It says, remember that you were at a time separate from Christ, excluded from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But guess what? We're not strangers to God no more. We're not children. We're not, we have promises now. We have things that God has promised to the nation of Israel and also to us that we can shout about, that we can share with those around us. Now, let's go back to Ephesians 2, 2 4 just for a moment. Because, see, that's where we were. And many believers that are sitting in church today still see themselves that way. They see themselves as that person that used to, that used to mess up all the time and, and fail all the time and disappointed everybody they knew. But you know what? In God's eyes, you're not like that no more. In God's eyes, he, he looks at you and he sees through the lens of the shed blood of Jesus Christ and he sees you in all of the glory that he sees Christ. I'll get to that here in a minute. Ephesians 2, 4, it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us. You see, that's another thing. You see, when we find out how much he loves us, we'll want to love him. When we find out what he has, the extent and the, and the depths that he has went to, to bring us back closer to him, we will want to raise our hands and shout to him. Amen. We'll want to share with our friends when we find out the love that he has for us and the depths of the love that he has for us, we will go to the end of the earth to share that truth. I'm going to read something to you. I was really going to wait, wait a moment before I did. But Nikki Cruz, I don't know if you've ever heard about heard of Nikki Cruz or not. An evangelist, he's getting older now, but... At three and a half years old, his, it, this, it, this, this article says that his heart was turned to stone. He was one of 18 children born to a, a mom and dad that was practiced witchcraft from Puerto Rico. And his life was full of chaos at, at one time. Why his, his mother, when she was in a, in a trance, she called him the son of devil. And when she was in one of her demonic trances, at 15 years old, he was sent to New York, to Brooklyn, to New York, to live with, with, with his father's brother. And he didn't stay there very long. They, they got into a fight and he took off. Well, it wasn't, wasn't long before he was hooked up with the gangs of Brooklyn. And it was just a little over, not even a year before he was running one of the main gangs in Brooklyn. And as you can just imagine, he was involved in all kinds of hideous things. You know, all the way from drug dealing to prostitution to all kinds of, uh, of different things he was involved in. 
And he had a reputation of being mean and cruel. And, and of course, that's the way he became the leader of the game. But there's a man named Nate David Wilkerson presented the gospel to him. He presented the gospel to him. And did, uh, did Nicky Cruz, did he grab a hold of that and receive that all at once? No. Nicky Cruz actually beat him up. Beat him up and spit upon him and, and, and spoke a death sentence over the man that was bringing the love of Christ to him. But David Wilkerson didn't quit. He kept going back time and time and time again, even after he'd been beat up, even after he'd been spit upon, even after he'd been mocked and ridiculed, and, and even after Nicky Cruz had told him, if I ever see your face again, I'm going to kill you. You see, David Wilkerson, he knew the love of God. And he seen and he knew how the love of God could change a person's heart. And there come, there come a day when Nicky Cruz broke. And he just couldn't understand how this man that barely knew him and and how he could possibly love him and how he could keep coming back and putting his life in danger and keep coming back and coming back all because of wanting to save a, a, a hoodlum from Brooklyn, New York. And when he broke, why, the Lord done a mighty work in Nicky Cruz. Today, preaching to as many as 50,000 people in in a single setting. You see, Nicky Cruz found out who he was in Christ. He knew that he wasn't the same. He knew he wasn't who he used to be. And, and see, if I would ask each one of you, you would all tell me, no, I'm not the person I used to be. You would say, oh, no, no, I've been washed. But, but here's the thing, the devil, he comes right after you say that, the devil comes up and starts, oh, yeah, but you remember that time. Oh, yeah, but you remember this. So what we got to do, we got to bring who we are now into the forefront. We got to boldly proclaim the gospel. We have to boldly share with our friends. We have to boldly pass out CDs. We have to boldly give to missions and do whatever it takes Get the word of Christ out and the love of Christ out. Whatever it takes. Come on. Come on now. In the scriptures, it talks about Abraham being a mighty man of faith. Have you ever wanted to be a mighty man of faith? We probably all have. We probably desire that. See, Abraham done one thing right. One thing. He believed God. If God said it, he believed it. And that's what God asked us to do. He asked us to believe that we are who he says we are. The Bible says that you're a joint heir with Christ, a joint heir. 
with him. Let's see. Come here, babe. Not you, Justin, my wife. <laughs> Joint heir with Christ. Now think about this. What do you think? Uh, think about the reward and the inheritance that Christ will get because of his obedience here upon the earth. He died on the cross for each and every one of us. He, he experienced your sin so that you wouldn't have to, right? And the Bible says that if, we're, if you receive Christ, we're joint heirs with him, right? Hold on, baby. We might go for a ride here, all right? Hold on. Can you jump, can you jump that high? No. I can't either anymore. That's, you did. All right, all right. So the Bible says that we are joint heirs with Christ. So see, we're joined together right now. Now here's the thing. So whatever I experience, she experiences. Whatever I get, she gets. And guess what? Whatever Christ's inheritance is, it's your inheritance. Amen. You know what else it says? Yeah. <clears throat> it's not about us. It's not about us. It's about him. The scripture says that as Christ is, so are we in this world. Did you know that? As Christ is, that's how you are. Who do you think you are? Do you think you're a child of God? Amen. 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 Well, let me ask you this. Do you have the anointing of God on you? Well, that was weak. Was, was Jesus anointed when he was here on this earth? Yes. Are you a body of the Christ? Yes. Do you have the Holy Ghost inside of you? Yes. Are you anointed of God? Yes. Well, that changed. You know what changed the one yeah from the, the weak yeah from the good yeah? Is I told you the truth. And after I told you the truth, then you agreed with me. Right? So... As Christ is on this earth, so are you. You are anointed with God. Now, you know what God wants us to do? He wants us to act like it. He wants us to share like it. He wants us to obey his word and follow him. And when we do that, we will bring him glory like never before. When you love your wife, and I don't always love my wife the way I should, but I certainly try. When you love your wife the way you should, you will have, you will have bring glory to God in your marriage and you'll bring glory to God in your children. Amen. Just obey him. Go ahead and have a seat. Amen. It's true. You see, we are somebody and it's not because of us. It's because of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because, see, he's inside of me. And he's inside of you too, right? Amen. Amen. Now, see, there's some people that will, do not understand that. You know, I'll tell you what. There's some. Have you ever wanted to see uh, the devil's head spin around and around and around? No, I haven't either. I just thought maybe you. I thought maybe you guys, <laughs> you guys wanted to. But let me, if there's anything that will make the devil's head spin around, let me tell you what it is. If you love them. If you love, if you love the unlovely. If you love the ones that are following the devil. 
You see, the devil don't understand love. It completely confuses him. It baffles him. He does not know what to do with it. So when we love the unlovely, oh, the devil gets nervous. And God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. Praise team if you'll come, please. Thank you, Lord. You know, if we went ahead and looked, if we looked in Scripture, there's probably a, not a greater transformation in the Scripture than Saul. Saul was a young man that held the coats of the one that stoned Stephen. He was all involved in persecuting Christians. Even, even killing them and putting them to death. But on that road to Damascus, he had an experience with God. And I think if there's anything that, if you could nail that down, nail Saul's experience, and later his name was changed to Paul, if you could name one thing, that changed Saul so drastically, if you could name just one thing, he found out who he was in Christ. He come to the realization that I'm not who I used to be. I'm somebody now. I'm somebody that loves God and God's got a plan for me. I'm somebody that's got something to share with the broken and the, and, the, and the downtrodden. I'm somebody that God wants to use. I'm somebody that God wants to minister to and through. Not because of my gifts and talents, but because of my obedience and the love that shed abroad in my heart. And I can say the same thing about everyone sitting here. God wants to use you. You are, you, I'll tell you what, there are people here, Dylan Kinslow, he's, he's uh, embarking on a new mission in his life. He's going, he's, he's, in the, he's going to be on the mission field at college campuses. He'll reach people that you'll never reach. That's one reason why we're, we're supporting him in missions. So the question is, who, who are you going to reach? Who are you going to love enough that you'll put down your pride and you'll humble yourself and you'll reach out to them? Who, are you, who, who is it? You see, this is all about bringing glory to God. It's all about winning one more to our Heavenly Father. It's, all, it's about saving one more from the pits of hell. It's about, about saving one more sinner out of this life of sin upon this earth. The Great Commission. Reach, teach, and serve. That's what we're here for. You know, think back with me for a moment. Back in time. Think with me for a moment. Do you remember before you received Christ where you were? 
do you remember, you know, maybe you was even a good person, but you're still full of sin. Do you remember, do you remember that? Do you remember the person that come to you? I had a Marlon Manning, bless his heart, from Blueford. I talked to his son Paul yesterday over at Blueford. He was, he was like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, big old boy. I'll never forget. He come to rehab, Good Samaritan Hospital. And told me about the love of Christ and that God had a plan for my life. And I'll also never forget. No, you don't know. What about you? Where was you at? I mean, you you might even be there now. You might you might not know Christ as your Savior today. Go ahead and stand with me, please. You know, uh, <clears throat> Pastor Mark, he said one time, when the heart of God beats, it beats people, people, people. And it's true. If you want to be in the, hooked up with the heart of God, and focused upon what God's focused on. Look at those around you. If you have a need this morning, please come. If you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, before you, just go ahead and bow your heads this morning, please. If you've never received Christ, your Lord and Savior, and you want me to pray for you this week, with nobody looking around, all eyes closed, if you've never received Christ, you want me to pray for you this week, raise your hand. If you've never received Christ as your Lord and Savior, let me tell you that God is looking for you. You're the reason that Jesus came to this earth. To seek and save that which is lost. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone at area code 618-835-2677.